Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to a quick but long-form uh, email response here. I got a DM asking how to support a pastor. He says, my pastor is having troubles with some things, both regarding our congregation and otherwise. It would be good to know the kind of help that would be especially relevant and appreciated Thank you for all your work. Well, thank you for sending me this question. I am honored that our Lord lets me well, be here to answer some questions and help some guys out. So when it comes to how you support your pastors, let's go ahead and turn here to the book of 1 Timothy. We're going to go to chapter 5 here, and we're going to read starting in verse 17. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. So, that's St. Paul talking here. Now, when he says the word elder, right, that's where we get the term, I believe it is uh, presbyteros, which applies to pastors. There are also many churches who have specific offices for an elder, but a pastor is a species of elder. He has a high position in the church, and here specifically St. Paul names him as one who does the preaching and teaching. So he gives us two things for support. He says, first off, uh, they should be considered, if they're doing a good job, worthy of double honor. Meaning already, your pastor should be honored. And if he's doing well as your pastor, it's double honor. What do we mean by honor? Well, when St. Paul tells us uh, that you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads the grain, you got to pay the guy. And you got to make sure that he is getting paid well so that he can provide for himself and for his family. And if your pastor, you said that he has some troubles with some things regarding the congregation and some things, well, otherwise, if he's having an economic hardship, you would do well and it would glorify God if at some point you slipped him an anonymous tip, slip him a 20 if you can. It's something like that, that actually does show that you care about him and that you honor him. But it's not just honoring him in terms of, well, paying the guy it's also honor is in respecting him i'm going to tell you right now if anybody decides to become a pastor for the money they are a fool either they're a fool or they never intended to teach the actual faith in the first place being a pastor is hard a pastor's job sucks a whole lot of the time just being honest here and I think the core reason of why it's hard now, it's not just that you, you work six days a week and sometimes you have like three to five services and Bible studies and everything you have to get done and you have to be an expert so you have to figure out how you're going to study this. But, oh my goodness, they're calling you at odd hours of every single day and night trying to get your attention and get you to do stuff and you have to visit your shut-ins and you have to do all this stuff. All that, yeah, that makes for a difficult job. But the real difficulty of being a pastor today is nobody honors you. Everybody considers themselves to be experts in religion. 
nobody likes you, and the few people that do like you still have their own lives to attend to. They're, they're not just going to hang out around you, and they're not really going to give you the help that you need. So you're not really going to be honored, let alone double honored. Maybe they'll pay you well. That's nice. But you're not going to be respected. You have to, these days anyway, it's not just ruling well. If you want respect and honor as a Christian minister, you got to claw and dig and labor and earn it from people. And uh, if one thing wrong about you gets discovered, no matter how much you worked to gain all that respect, to gain that honor from people, it's all taken away in an instant. Now they hate you. Trust me, people bellyache about cancel culture today, but cancel culture has been in the church in some very nefarious ways for a very, very, very long time. Uh, people, even among Protestants who believe that uh, we are justified by faith alone, they don't really believe that when it comes to their pastors. When it comes to the pastors, you know, uh, St. Paul says, oh, if anybody's caught in any trespass, uh, restore such a one gently. No, pastors don't get that. Sometimes, I mean, liberal denominations do that. If somebody's caught being a naughty boy or they do something wrong, a liberal uh, heretic denomination might restore them gently or give them a, a time out and give them to another congregation that needs a pastor, maybe a smaller pa uh, pastor at a smaller church. But these days, no, everybody is extremely vindictive and they all want to cancel the crap out of their pastors no matter what you do. That's just how it is, and I've seen it happen because a whole lot of congregations today are meat grinders that chew up their pastors and spit them out. It just is. And you don't get honored, you don't get respected, you don't get attaboys, or at least the attaboys you did get aren't going to count for anything if you ever screw up. There's no forgiveness, no mercy, there is no honor to the pastoral office today. Just ask the Pope. How many people do you really think actually give the Pope the honors that he is supposed to have accorded to him? Not, not many. He, it's not really a respected office anymore, much less your average Catholic priest uh, or Protestant minister or even or Eastern Orthodox priest. So if you want to support your pastor, you need to make it known through how you speak to him through how you treat him, through how you listen to him. That's a big one. You need to make it known that you honor the man. That you, because he is an under-shepherd, serving Christ for you. you know, he's not a tyrant that is laying down these rules and laws for you. He is trying his best to serve you as a minister. you got to honor him. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go, like, get on a knee and find a ring on the guy's finger and kiss it and, you know, prostrate yourself before him. But I guarantee you he would appreciate it if you say, hey, I liked your sermon. And I liked this about it. You, you show that you took some notes, that you're really listening. If you offer to buy him a cup of coffee, if you slip him an anonymous $20 bill or something like that to show that he has support in his congregation... All that stuff's going to happen. All that stuff's great. But showing him respect when nobody else in your congregation is likely to do that is going to go a long way to making him feel greatly supported.
And with that too, you also need to be in his corner. You really should be in this guy's corner. If there's if there's an opportunity to take his side in something, there you go. You will be supporting him in that. If uh, if ever there's a Christian church that's a perfect church, I know I'm not going to join it because I'd ruin it. But churches oftentimes have conflicts over silly things like money or downright stupid things like the color of the carpet or pews versus chairs, that sort of thing. Needless things. And oftentimes what will happen is the church council or the elders are going to get into a fight with each other over all of this. And maybe the pastor will opine something, but that's when people get mad at him because he's there to teach Bible, not give opinions on things. He's not allowed to have opinions or be a person. You need to honestly take his side, if possible. Obviously, if he's wrong on something that's just dead wrong, and or if he's offering something that's sinful, well, speak the truth in love. He'll appreciate a an honest but loving and gentle way to speak to him because he's going to get yelled at all day. He gets yelled at by his bishop. He gets yelled at by the council members. He gets criticized daily. Probably gets um, rumors spread about him all the time. It's good to take his side. And furthermore, if there's any accusations going on, we have to keep in mind, do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. If somebody is accusing him of doing something bad, then there needs to be more than one person accusing them. That's a big thing. It's positive... You know, it's, it's kind of like you have offense and defense. You want to positively support your pastor by uh, making sure he is shown honor and that he is okay regarding how he's able to take care of his family, etc., etc., etc. But then there's a defensive aspect to supporting your pastor where you want to make sure that if people are tossing around accusations, that it's done right. It's done by the book. Two or three witnesses, and no anonymous witnesses don't count. Somebody shooting in a letter saying, This pastor touched me inappropriately when I was 16 and I'm 45 now, but like I totally remember it. Well, apostolic command is like, no, that doesn't count. It doesn't count as a, a witness. It's an anonymous person making an allegation that it doesn't matter what they say, it's still not a witness, let alone two witnesses. It's just somebody out there saying something. So if you can defend your pastor's reputation, not only does that support him, but it also honors God because God has given you the eighth commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And in that commandment, when we really look at it from the large catechism, that Luther writes, he said, it's not just about avoiding saying something false. It's also about loving your neighbor by upholding their good reputation. This is why people can bear false witness, even if they're not saying anything strictly deceitful or false, because they're going after somebody's reputation. They are being a false witness by 
bringing up a bunch of bad stuff that people either already know about or haven't it hasn't come up in years or it's not hurting anybody etc 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 so if you're there to tell people hey don't talk bad about pastor jim don't talk bad about um bishop john or whoever's over you right now to defend his reputation in public honors god by obeying the eighth commandment so if you positively support your pastor with honor and seeing if there's anything you can do to help the guy out and if you defend your pastor in defending his reputation you have done some great things in supporting him keep in touch man i'd love to hear any updates on that and if you have any specifics you want to share privately my lips are sealed but until then god bless you man and god bless you for wanting to support your pastor in the first place amen and amen